On today's pod, we are joined with Dr. Camila Landano, who is a doctoral graduate in biomedical engineering at the Institute of Biomaterials and Biomedical Engineering. She is now the director of Ryerson University's Science Discovery Zone, where she supports all students, participants, and ideas. So please lean in and join this conversation with Stephen and Dr. Landano, where they talk about possible opportunities at Ryerson University and have a fun discussion at the end. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the pod, Lean In. And today, I got someone really, really exciting here for us, Dr. Camilla Ladano. Thank you so much for coming by today. I'm really excited for today. Thanks, Steve. I'm excited, too. Just in case if, um, if uh, no one really recognizes Dr. Ladano, she uh, chills in the Center of Urban Improvement building at Ryerson, honestly, one of my favorite buildings, really pretty building. So when we're back on campus, I really recommend people to stop by, say what's up to her, really cool uh, lady. So let's start off with, um, just tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, well, I am Colombian by birth. I moved to Canada when I was 15. Uh, I am a biomedical engineer by training. So I did my um, undergraduate and my PhD, both at the University of Toronto. I did um, engineering science as an undergrad took a couple of years off to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, and then went back to the Institute of Biomaterials and Biomedical Engineering and did my PhD there. Um, I've been working at Ryerson since, well, on and off since 2016, but on a full-time basis in, since 2018, when I became the interim director of the Science Discovery Zone. Um, while our founding director, Brian Cuevesto, went on sabbatical. Um, and then after he returned and decided he wanted to take a step back and the job got posted, I applied and became the, the official director for the SDZ uh, last year, actually. Oh, so you're fairly like, new then? Um, I mean, yes, yeah, sort of. I mean, the SDZ has only been around since 2016. So at this stage, I've been the director longer than I, than anyone. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So, oh, I didn't know it was that new, to be honest, because I was talking to, to some alumni and I was like, oh, I'm doing this thing. It's from the SDZ. And they're like, oh, what's that? Well, that's pretty cool to know. Cool. So, um, can you just tell us more about like the SDZ? I feel like a lot of students, um, don't fully understand like what the SDZ really is. So could you just go a little bit more in depth into like what the SDZ is all about and like what we do? Absolutely. Um, well, the, the SDZ is one of 10 zones on, on campus. And for those of you who don't know, um, the zones are all about supporting innovation in, in various areas and supporting um, exploration, I should say. So. Most of you have probably heard of the DMZ. They're the most famous zone. They were the first zone to be created. The DMZ really focuses on supporting companies that are trying to grow 
early stage, earlier stage companies that are trying to grow. Um, but over time, new zones were created to support things that the DMZ wasn't designed to support. Um, the science discovery zone, which is um, technically the newest of all the zones on campus, there's other zones being created elsewhere, but uh, we're the youngest. We were created because there was a, an obvious gap at the very, very early stage. People, um, not as many people from diverse backgrounds were considering entrepreneurship. And that was true in the Faculty of Science, but across the university. And we realized that that came from, or, or Brian realized that that came from not having a supportive place to explore without too many expectations. And that's sort of where the SDZ was born. I like to say that we are an incubator of people and ideas much more than an incubator of companies. We're here to help you be better. We're here to figure out what your future is. We're here to help you think through problems that you are interested in solving. But more than anything else, we want to help you achieve whatever success means to you. So if it's not entrepreneurship, that's okay. There's still skills that we think will help you in whichever path you choose. And we consider that a huge win. Even if you say, like, we don't want people to come to us only because they wanna create a company. We want people to come to us because they're interested in trying new things and learning new things and finding new people. So. Yeah, I don't know if that fully answers your question, Stephen, but that's how I think of the SDC. Yeah, like, it's a really cool place because, like, I was there for the first time, and, like, I, I think for the SDZ, the number one thing is not being afraid of talking to people because this was after a case competition. And then I was like, I was struggling with that problem. The problem was how do you better the people in Toronto? Super broad and stuff, right? But I just sat there and people kept, kept on walking in, introduced themselves, like, what's up, what's up? And then asked them about the problem. And we sat there for like a good hour or so just talking about it. And I was like, wow, like, the SDZ is really cool because it's easy to talk to people there. And everyone there wants to work on a really cool problem. And I think that's one of the benefits I find um, at the SDZ is that everyone is super chill. Everyone's super open to listening to new problems. So I, I yes. like Brian and yourself definitely fostered a really cool environment there. And I, I that's the number one thing I miss about being on campus. We miss being on campus too. We realized that yesterday made the mark the one year anniversary from when Ryerson closed. Mm. Oh we my God, really yeah. We miss seeing people face to face. Though I like to think that we found some interesting ways of continuing to connect with our community online. Um, I wanna say that for us, one of the requirements for being a member of the zone actually is to be willing to listen and help other people work through their own problems. Um, because if you don't do that, then nobody's going to be around when you want help for solving your own problem, right? So we we hope, like if you if we find that you're not being kind of open to helping other people, then it's hard to help you. Mm. So, yeah, that's part of part of what that, that community is about. 100%, yeah. I think the coolest thing you talked about was entrepreneurship in science. I found that to be kind of absurd the first time I heard it to be honest <laughs> because I was the kind of student that was like okay I'm gonna get like at least above a 3.8 and then do my extracurriculars and apply for medicine but then 
um, when I was searching, I saw your name and then I saw entrepreneurship. I was like, how does that even work in science? So could you expand on like your, like, I guess, idea behind entrepreneurship uh, behind um, like science and like or just STEM in general? I mean, okay, there's two sides to this, to this question that you're asking me. First of all, a lot of really, really successful companies are based on science, right? Or based on STEM. Like, uh, I don't know how many of you know the story of Google, but Google started as somebody's PhD project. It was looking at how you could map a network and better understand kind of the value, high value links within a network. It was very much, I believe, a math problem when Google first started. Oh, I never knew that. It just, I don't know if it was at the intersection of math and computer science, I would say. Um, but the fact is, that's how it started. And it was almost luck that the internet was around as a network that they could test this on. Um, but it wasn't originally meant to be like it was somebody's PhD project. That's, that's what it was. Um, there's lots of others, especially right now with deep tech, with the amount of um, health data that we have for people. There's a lot of companies currently um, very, very well grounded in what you think of as science um, or the hard science that would not be able to do that with, with scientific chief scientific officers and chief scientific team. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, at a, at a much more basic level, we think about like entrepreneurship as problem solving. And we believe that the best way to solve a problem is by taking a systematic approach to figuring out sort of whether your assumptions about this problem are right. And that's basically the scientific method, right? You come up with a hypothesis, you go run an experiment, you analyze the experiment, and then you say, I was right or wrong on my, or you, you come up with to a conclusion with your hypothesis. You can't say I was right or wrong, but you can say my hypothesis is invalidated or my hypothesis is not invalidated. And then depending on the outcome, you might have a new hypothesis or a new experiment and you do that over and over again. And that's very much what um, the lean startup method of entrepreneurship is. It's about making sure you don't rely necessarily on your gut feeling, but you go find the data that allows you to lower the risks of being an entrepreneur. The job of an entrepreneur is de-risking their company, is making sure that they have as much certainty as possible before they make a decision. Um, and that's not always like there's certain decisions that you will never have enough information for and you'll need to rely on that kind of gut feeling. But for others, being able to go gather data and analyze data is going to be really important. So I actually think there's a perfect overlap between students who have been trained in the scientific method and people who are really cool problem solvers and have their own companies. Gotcha. Okay. So all about the scientific method then. Yes. Cool. So let's take a couple steps back. Like, did you ever know what you want to do as a kid? Did you know you wanted to like go into like biomedical engineering and then all of this at Ryerson? No, not even a little bit. I, <laughs> well, it's a plan um, before. As a really young kid, 
I wanted to be a doctor, but I think it was more about the fact that, you know, doctors had money and people liked them. So oh. that's kind of why. Um, as I got older, I, I really liked science and I liked solving problems. So I had thought of um, going into engineering. I ended up in engineering science for really, uh, probably not the best reasons, which were, it was the hardest problem, in, the hardest program to get into in Canada. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know if I could do it. It was engineering, which is what I wanted to do, but it was not just engineering that I cared about. Um, however, when I was applying to university, um, I also uh, looked into applying to photography. So I was thinking of going an entirely different route. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up in engineering, um, realized that I didn't want to be an engineer. I didn't enjoy that part of it. And I actually took a couple of years off after graduation to go work for a fiction publishing company as an editor. Oh, cool. Okay. (laughs) And then I realized that I miss learning a lot. Learning is probably, and that sounds really nerdy, but my favorite thing to do is learn new things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so i decided that what made sense for me at the time was go back to grad school i also really liked the idea of becoming a prof and having a career that was about constantly learning and questioning things and, and coming up with ways to answer it um Went to grad school, realized that there were a lot of downsides around being a professor um, and that a lot of the things that I liked about being a professor or that I thought I liked about being a professor were not actually most of the job. There were a lot of other things about the job that weren't quite right. So um, I started looking what I would do and I got really lucky. I learned about sort of supporting entrepreneurship. I tried to volunteer at the SDZ that had just been created to support uh, women in STEM. And I very luckily kind of ended up in this place. But um, I, I guess I would say from that journey, the thing that I've learned the most is that reflecting on what you like and don't like about what you're doing at any point in time is really, really important. Um, I realized that what I liked about my PhD was the kind of analyzing and strategic thinking part of it. It was looking at the data, figuring out what it might mean, and then figuring out how that would kind of align with the next experiment or the next steps or how to answer the question that I had planned, um, which I could do not just in like classical sciences, right? And it's probably mm-hmm. my favorite part of my job right now is that I am doing that for the SDZ, but I'm also helping 35 companies right now do that for themselves. And I'm asking them questions and I'm trying to like, you know, help them strengthen their plans and help them get to where they want to go. So if I had stayed in the sciences, I don't know if I would have had a career or in the, in the hard sciences, if I had become a prof, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a big if, but if I had, I don't know that I would have had as much opportunity to, 
to try as many different things. So, you know, it's... Yeah. I feel like you get a lot of cool opportunities with all of the companies reaching out, uh, especially for like the society course that, um, that we do and stuff. Like, I feel like you have a lot of cool opportunities with like communicating with different industries, communicating with different companies and stuff. Like how, how does, like, how is that all so far right now? Okay. Um, so I did it. Let's talk about that. Um, that is a course that was originally created uh, by Brian, though he never got to teach it. Um, or actually, he's taught it once. But it was a course based on the concept of hackathons, which is basically putting a group of really clever minds together or several groups of really clever minds together to tackle a problem that's proposed by, by generally some sort of sponsor. Um, so the course has, has changed over the years a little bit in terms of as, as I've refined what I hope people will learn in the course, I've realized that it's a course about learning a process of problem solving, learning uh, a process of being a bit, um, I guess systematic and, and maybe applying critical thinking as you think through the problem solving. And so because it's a process-based course, as opposed to most courses that are based on content, like for most of your classes, your professor delivers some content, you absorb it, you deliver it back to them to prove that you learned it and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not what happens with a process, right? I'm not trying to teach you these are the steps of the process. Can you repeat them back to me? All right. It's about, can you apply it? Can you see where it changes? Can you um, actually reflect on what went wrong or what didn't go so well or what went really well last time and make sure you improve on it next time? So the course um, is, is very, very different from anything anyone has taken. Now, one of the interesting parts of it is what you brought up Stephen, which is that we get to work with industry partners. And so far, the only industry partner we've ever repeated with, I believe, is Natural Resources Canada. They generally bring us a mining problem. Um, and they're all different. Sometimes, like they've previously invented a whole fictional town in northern Canada. And created a problem there. Oh, Somebody went deep into that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, they have, they have a lot of fun. With it. <laughs> um, but other times they brought a problem, like the problem that um, is being tackled right now, or I, that was just tackled that was, well, how do we support people in remote communities with, with non particularly reliable internet access in the process of pursuing and considering STEM careers. And obviously that has a lot of different, different aspects to it. Um, but the point is that you get exposed to all sorts of different problems. We've worked with people who have asked um, for marketing support. We've worked with people who have asked for um, somewhat technical solutions. So how could we improve waste sourcing, uh, waste separation at the source, um, which some people came up with an answer of, well, we edit, educate the waste producers. So 
people who were walking around to make sure that they throw things where they're supposed to be thrown. Some people thought, well, we could use an AI to separate this. And then some people weren't, okay, no, we're gonna use mechanical means to like separate things using density and, and other physical properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally we, I like to find problems that have lots of different ways to be solved because the point is for you to be creative and, and come to a solution, but um, always trying to find interesting companies, get to know people who do very different things because it's also a networking opportunity for, for students to get to see what else is out there. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. If anyone's looking for a fun, I think, professional table course, Site is there and it's really fun. Um, Thank you, Steven. Yeah. I I'm, 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 I'm enjoying it for so far. And I, I think another cool thing is that what's something that you've done with your journey was be reflective. And I think with this course, you got to reflect really hard. I was not good at that before, but slowly getting better at it. And that's one thing that you value is just getting better at things. So if you're trying to get better at something, um, this is a great place to start I think so thank you I appreciate that and I think it's true where side it is very much sort of rooted in the SDZs uh, kind of ethos of helping you find your own success mm-hmm. I'm not trying to tell you what you should do with your life I'm trying to get you to think about what you want to do right That's right but uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm finding it a little bit harder to teach this semester than in previous terms, um, not just because we're remote, but because we're asynchronous. And so it's harder yeah. to get people to work together um, than usual. It's, it's nice to have people work at the same time. That really makes it better. Well, there's a side idea to idea shop right there. So (laughs) now I was curious because you went into engineering. So I think I can maybe guess me the answer to this question, but were you a good student in like high school and university? Um, I was a very good student in, actually I should qualify this. I did very well. Uh, grades wise in high school, but I wasn't necessarily um, the best student. I did just enough to like get a good mark and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, In university, I would say, well, I was in engineering science, which is a program that is, has very, very high standards. I would say I was probably kind of middle of the pack, Mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, top 30% or something. Um, I had, it was hard for me to switch, especially because, so I moved to Canada when I was 15, um, and I found that high school, the, the level of, um, work that I had to do in high school in Canada was much lower than I was used to. Mm -hmm. So I became a little bit lazy. So when university started, it was a little bit like drinking from a fire hose, trying to keep up with everything that needed to be done. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't a great student, but I wasn't a terrible one either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, considering his engineering being top 30, I think that that's a feat in itself, so. Uh, who knows, maybe, thank you. I don't, I, I don't know, to be honest, I don't think it's really about 
grades. Mm -hmm. I, I've never been particularly comfortable judging myself by my grades. I think it's about how much you truly learn about what you're being taught. Because mm -hmm. um, I had lots of classmates who would get like really great marks, but you'd ask them a question about the subject a week later and they would have forgotten. They just yeah. graded the exam and that's it. So for me, it was about maybe not being perfect, but knowing that I would know it later. Gotcha, right, right. This kind of ties into the next question then, because um, you talked about how like, um, well, your whole path is pretty, like you trying to reflect on yourself and like the things that you experienced in school. So what inspires you the most about your work right now uh, at the SDZ? Uh, the people. I mean, it's, we, I get to work with some of the smartest, most creative, most interesting people. Um, so I am really inspired to keep meeting really interesting people. Um, I try to go visit classes and get interesting people to come to me. Um, so yeah, I would say that is, that is definitely it. Also, I always get to be thinking about what other cool thing I could be doing. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of flexibility. I'm always looking for new pieces of the puzzle that I could use to solve this question of how to help more students explore. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's no two days are the same and they're always very, very new. I guess that's the same thing, but I learn a lot every single day. Yeah, hearing about two different days in a row, it sounds so nice right now, especially with us being online. <laughs> I feel like every day is just the same. Is every day still the same to you today? Or do you still experience like the the uniqueness of every day still right now? Um, I mean, they've gotten less unique for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I almost never get to get up from my computer these days, it feels like. Yeah. Um, whereas before we used to spend a lot of time like kind of actively thinking through things, actively brainstorming, like testing things out. Now everything has to happen sort of online. But even then, like my meetings are almost always different. We do member meetings, um, like, at the end of the first month of the term and at the sort of beginning of the third month of the term. Um, and those are basically, like you think they're basically the same. You're meeting the same people all to catch up on what they're doing, but there's always something new because they're all doing so different, like such different things. And even when they're doing similar things, they're taking such different approaches to them. So even when the day is, technically the same it still has some elements of, of differences that make it exciting but yeah. i do miss, miss being in person very much i am yeah. looking forward to it 100 yeah like I, I i i can't imagine what's gonna happen in person it's so like even going outside now i'm like yo like i'm around like 10 people right now that's crazy like it's so weird to think that that like we we're so crowded before and uh, like there's it was just so populated before at Ryerson too like yeah 
yeah, I think we're all gonna have a really hard time going back. Just we've gotten used to like trying to give space. And I was thinking, um, I am the team, um, my team right now, Ashley Riddell and Lukman um, or Raman. Um, we were talking about the SDZ used to have a lot of networking events, a lot of opportunities for our mentors and our members to talk to each other um, with some uh, refreshments. And it's like, we're never gonna be able to have a charcuterie board again. Like, I don't wanna touch ham that nobody, but other people have maybe have touch. We're gonna have to find a way to serve like individual meals to everyone. Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't even think about that. Things are I, gonna change for sure. Yeah. So how about we go into uh, the two aspects that you like the best and the least about your job? Um, what I like the most about my job is that in, I don't have too many uh, sort of external barriers, uh, both the Office of Zone Learning and the Faculty of Science trust me to try new things and figure out what works and what doesn't, mm -hmm. uh, which gives me a lot of opportunity to be creative. Um, that would be one. And number two is definitely, again, the people. I love my team, Ashney, Lupon, and Faison, our, our career boost students, but really all career boost students we've ever had are generally just awesome to work with. They are smart, they are creative, they are extremely kind. I am very lucky to have them. And then all of our members are just incredible. I just, I, I learned so much. They're all always challenging me. I enjoy being challenged. I enjoy challenging other people, as you probably know, Stephen. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I know um, them very fondly. <laughs> but so, so yeah, I would say the people and the opportunities that, that they give me to keep growing would be the second thing I like the most. Um, what do I like the least about my job? Um, some days I feel as though people don't get it, I guess. I spend a lot of time trying to connect with students and trying to um, explain to them why this should be something for them to consider that would be good for them. Mm -hmm. And then I will talk to the same people like, couple of weeks later and they'll be like, oh I've never heard of the SDZ and it's like I literally talked to you <laughs> um that's one aspect the other aspect I would say is that um we generally could use more resources like if I if I could I would love to be able to offer people funding to develop their own companies I would love to be able to um, hire more people to support more companies. Um, and that's really hard, right? We, we work in a university that works with public funds. Um, and it's really easy to say, well, there were a thousand students running through this course is, and they achieved these grades versus, well, there were X number of people going to the zone and some of them made a company and some of them 
got a job they would have gotten anyway and some of them maybe did a new thing it's it's a lot harder to quantify i think yeah. the value of the mm-hmm. zone so it's harder to resource it appropriately especially when resources are limited right like at the end of the day we are everyone is sort of tightening their belts particularly with covid that came with a lot of a lot of costs to try to make people safe right so, yeah 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 i would say lack of resources um would definitely be one of the least favorite aspects of my job and um not feeling as though i'm making as large an impact as i'd like right that's why it's so work like i i i've always like i think because I've worked at the campus tours office and not only do I love sorry you you correct me earlier urban uh, center of urban innovation not improvement um <laughs> innovation not improvement um built a beautiful building but really cool people awesome zone in there and for anyone if you if you stumbled on this podcast and you're not a Ryerson yet Ryerson is really cool for their zones and stuff so definitely look that up but um yeah I definitely hope that we get a lot of more people in the future and especially with these online events too, I think um, if we can get more people to come out, um, I know my tennis isn't the best, but like the things <laughs> that we do and stuff, they're really cool for the ones that I've that I came by so far. But um, hopefully, we can get more members and more ide- ideas and people to come and think and stuff, which is I find that's the coolest part about the SDZ. I agree, but let me make a plug. We are going to be running a hackathon at the end of the summer. Um, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but we're hoping to get as many as 400 students participating in it uh, across the university. Um, And I hope people who have no idea whether this is for them will come and will try it and let us see if if the SDZ is the place for you. Um, Also, we are going to probably be doing a larger challenge in the fall where we might be able to support uh, some funds for the companies to actually do work student focused companies not not any companies and this is another thing actually that i don't think you and i have talked about all of the zones at ryerson especially the sed are open to anyone you don't need to be associated with Ryerson to be a member of the zone, uh, which means as a member of the zone, you get to meet people that you might not have an opportunity to meet elsewhere, right? Because they're not part of your, your core day-to-day student life. So, but anyway, there's two really cool upcoming uh, events that we think students will really benefit, the hackathon at the end of the summer and the challenge in the fall. And we also run monthly something called think tanks where we try to tackle a question. Um, We're always looking for new questions to bring to the think tank, but we're also looking for new people to bring their perspectives and their ideas to these questions. So do look up the SDZ think tanks and do come and join us to see if you like it. Yeah, cool people, cool place and uh enjoy it. <laughs> that's, that's cool how i building. sum it up <laughs> very cool building we're really looking forward to getting back into it you should definitely come check it out when we are able to spend time on campus but yes 
were more were mostly really cool people. Yeah, I 100% agree. Cool. All right. <laughs> I think that's enough background for us. Let's go into, they're called rapid fire questions, but take as much time as you want with them. So let's start with the first one. What is one famous or any quote that you live by day to day? Um, <laughs> if you're going through hell, keep going. I believe it's a Western Churchill quote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually much of a person for quotes, to be honest. I love Oscar Wilde witticisms mm -hmm. but that one was inspiring when you when I was going through um through my PhD and, and difficult times if you're going through hell keep going you'll eventually get through it is the implication from that Winston Churchill quote it's pretty applicable now too I think so <laughs> yeah if you were to have dinner with a famous person dead or alive who would it be Oh, that's a really, really tough question. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking Maybe about Letty, Actually, Letty Hamar might be a really interesting person to talk to. Letty Hamar was a famous Hollywood actress in the 1940s, mm -hmm. but she was also an incredibly smart inventor who created what is now like who invented what we use now for Wi-Fi. Like without oh, really? her, we wouldn't have Wi-Fi. So Hedy Lamar would be super interesting. Uh, I think Marie Curie would also be interesting to talk to. But Hedy Lamar just had like, she was famous, but also she wanted to do other things. So her. That's cool. Another person to read up on. Uh, what's one factoid that your peers or um, that people just know the least about you? A factoid that that people would know the least about you? <laughs> um, I guess most people are surprised when I tell them that I worked as the editor-in-chief of, uh, of a fiction publishing company. Um, depending on how long you've known me, the fact that I once upon a time had my tongue pierced might also be a surprise. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Are you more of a cake person or a pie person? Uh, I don't accept the question as valid. Both. <laughs> <laughs> one or the other, okay, cake or pie? Well, one or the other, cake um, or pie? Hmm, pie, I think. You think pie? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pie kind of person too. So yeah. this, this one might spark some controversy. Um, are you a DC kind of person or a Marvel kind of person? <laughs> Neither. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have kind of ones that I like in both and ones that I'm not a fan of in both. Mm -hmm. um, my older brother was really into Spider-Man and Batman when we were growing up and later X-Men. So for me, they were both they were both valid universes, I guess. Okay, okay, yeah. I think sure. if you're asking me about the movies though, Marvel, Marvel because DC just went too dark and too like Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely agree. <laughs> I definitely I'm, I'm definitely on that side. Cool. Um are you do you like the original movies more? So like Disney original originals or like the remakes more? 
Oh, definitely the originals. The originals, huh? Yeah, I actually got Disney Plus. God, it feels like forever ago now, but I got Disney Plus to watch them all in order, uh, which was a really, really has been a really interesting experience. I'm still a little bit behind, but yeah, no, I'm. I don't like the remix. I think they took everything that made the originals good, which was the stories and the the. Um, sort of uniqueness of the characters and then just read them like go be creative come up with new stories there's lots of stories to tell mm, okay so then are you more of like a book kind of person like the, the book original or a movie remake kind of person it's so like the hunger games 100 books 100 the books well i'm a big reader much more than i am a movie watcher so all oh, right you're the editor-in-chief of the thing right right so <laughs> that, that's how it makes sense okay now, um, what or would you live in a video game? Any video game you could think of. Um, Let's say living in your favorite video game. Would you Would you live in that world? <laughs> no. Oh, My favorite video games are like um, Civilization. Suze. I started playing Crusader Kings, where you are like the head of a like you're you're play as the head of a dynasty and then when the head dies then you play as the next person you you kind of play as a dynasty to try to oh. take over the world um i would not want to live in a world where we're still taking over worlds so no. yeah probably not yeah life expectancy would be like 25 i think in, the, in those times but <laughs> um, yeah so no i i like those strategy games and i would not want to play some I would not want to play, make my life depend on someone else's strategy or, yeah, no, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'd be a good place to live in either. <laughs> let's, let's, let's end off with one of my favorite questions here. Um, one of more simpler and basic one, but is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, yes. Yes. Any, do you want to back that up just in case anyone's heated right now or? There's actually a really interesting um, topology of food that somebody created to talk about the difference between sandwiches and other things. Um, I think you're putting some meat between two pieces of a starchy. You're putting um, a, the main component of the meal between two pieces of starchy starchy container uh-huh um i think that definitely and then you add yeah i think i think it does you add sauces which you add to quite a few sandwiches so yes i don't i'll, I'll send you the the link to the topology and yeah yeah just, just send me that send me that okay then maybe that'll change my mind maybe oh you're an, okay so what is a sandwich if it's not a hot dog uh, sorry what is a hot dog if it's not a sandwich a hot dog is just like like you need the culture of the hot dog behind it. You need like the raw onions on. You need like the, you need the the easy the easy vessel in your hand to eat like like um. I wish I could show you right now, but like um, you need to eat it like laterally, like not like you know yeah. what I mean. Like like you, you need but, to have like that the the hot dog form when you're eating the hot dog. But when the Earl of Sandwich asked his butler to create sandwiches what are sandwiches right now is something that i can eat 
with one hand while I'm playing cards to not get super dirty. It, that is exactly what a hot dog is. You want to eat it with one hand, be able to still do other things, not get super dirty. I mean, depends on how much, how many toppings you put in there. But like, you know, onions on your hot dog. Well, I believe Reuben sandwiches have onions. Other sandwiches have onions. The Philly cheesesteak has onions. That's okay. a sandwich. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I think the question comes down to, if it's not a sandwich, what else it could be? And nobody has ever answered that to my satisfaction. Is this a hot dog? <laughs> Just be a hot dog, wouldn't it? Well, but sandwiches <laughs> to be a category. It's not a single thing. What other things are hot dogs? Nothing else is a hot dog. Okay, I think I think I think we were I think we can we can discuss this another time. I think I, I, I like ending off where the argument gets a little heated, so that way we can think about it a little bit more. But feel okay. free to anyone listening to answer that question. Uh, we are more than inclined to hear some answers. So agreed. Yes, and if you find a reason, like a different category for a hot dog that you think applies, let me know because I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'm still thinking about it, but okay, cool. Uh, we'll see about that then. So that, that ends today's pod. Thank you so much for coming out, Dr. Daniel. It was very fun talking to you. You're a super interesting person. Um, any last words you have for any of our listeners? Uh, no, not really. I want to thank you for inviting me. And I guess I'll leave your listeners with, please come check out the SDZ. Even if you think you're not an entrepreneur, even if you think it's not for you, I assure you it is 100% for you. And we hope we get to show you that. So that's it. Thank yeah. you. Like I said, cool place, cool people. Uh, come out and check them out. So yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Antonio. Uh, have a great day. <clears throat> and uh, I'll see you whenever I show up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Stephen. Have a great day. Yep. Yeah, peace, everyone. Take care.